Hello and welcome into another episode on the Labumba Pastor's blog. I'm Masumba Jonathan. Today's study comes from a question that has been asked to me several times in ministry. And the question is, was Mary, the mother of Jesus, always a virgin? Now, in the Ugandan church context, the majority of Uganda identifies itself as Christian, but within those people who say they're Christian, there are various denominations. The majority of them come from the Roman Catholic Church. The next largest section would be the Church of Uganda. And then after that, there's a, a mixture of evangelicals, which are mostly Pentecostal. So people that ask this question about Mary being a virgin forever for her whole life, um, they come from either they are a member of the Catholic Church or formerly were a member of the Catholic Church, or perhaps they've had a discussion with members of the Catholic Church and this doctrine has come up. So first of all, in case the question is new to some of you, let me explain where this idea comes from. The Catholic Church teaches two sides to their idea of Mary's virginity. Now we affirm the biblical truth that, that scripture testifies that Mary conceived Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, and she was a virgin up to the point of the birth of Christ. But we don't believe that Mary remained a virgin, um, according to Scripture, after the birth of Christ. But the Catholic Church teaches two parts to Mary's virginity. One is which um, they teach the Immaculate Conception about Mary, suggesting that Mary was actually born sinless through her two parents. And they teach Mary's perpetual virginity, which means that they think Mary was a virgin before, during, and after the birth of Christ. Both of these ideas are contradicted by Scripture, and the reason the Catholic Church promotes them is because they venerate Mary as if, as if she has some power to answer prayer like other departed saints. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, the Catholic Church has prayers where they recite things asking for Mary to intercede and answer their prayers and, and ask similar requests to, to other departed saints, which is clearly condemned and contradicted in Scripture. And in answering this question, I want to, I want to bring out that point to us about our need for testing every truth claim we hear with what the Bible says so that we're not led astray by error and that we're not letting people who teach error influence us in, in what we think is true. So the ideas of both immaculate conception and, and perpetual virginity are both contradicted in the New Testament. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That describes every single human being who's ever lived. Mary, like every person, is included in the description of all have sinned. And Mary needed to have her sins atoned for by her son, just like we all needed that son to atone for our sins. Secondly, the idea of Mary's perpetual virginity is refuted by the fact that Jesus's siblings are mentioned by his hometown neighbors in multiple places. Uh, first of all, I'll read from Mark chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, which says, He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? 
How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Joses, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Now, if you quote this to a Catholic priest, so here we have Jesus described as being the son of Mary, and saying that Mary's other children, which were Jesus's brothers and sisters, the brothers are mentioned by name, and the sisters are mentioned not by name, but we know there was at least more than one sister, because it says sisters plural. So when you quote this to a Catholic priest, he will usually respond by saying these were Jesus's cousins, not his brothers and sisters. But the context is strongly against that argument. The people say this is the son of Mary and brother to these people. They are talking about Mary and Joseph's children, not speaking about Mary and then Mary's nieces and nephews. The same story is recorded in Matthew 13, verses 53 to verse 56, where we read, And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there, and coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished, and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? Later in the New Testament, we have James described as being the brother of our Lord by the Apostle Paul in Galatians 1 verse 19, where he writes, But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. If Mary had all these children, was she a virgin for her whole life? No, the Gospels show Joseph and her waited to have normal marital relations until Jesus was born, but it says they did so after. In Matthew 1, verses 24 and 25, we read, When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not, until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So it says that Joseph and Mary had normal relations, just they waited until after Jesus was born. So, this is an easy question to answer from the Bible because it's clearly contradicted. But it highlights, as I, as I mentioned in the beginning of this, something that I want every reader and listener to be aware of. If the church you attend teaches things that don't agree with Scripture, you need to reject them as a source of authority for instructing you in your Christian life. And you should seek out a church that teaches and honors the Bible both in word and in practice. The most dangerous thing about the Catholic Church's dogma is that it teaches a false gospel. It teaches that salvation depends not on the finished work of Christ, but on the works of people. If you ask serious Catholics about how you go to heaven, you will most often hear them say, your good works must outweigh your bad, or you must keep the Ten Commandments. This position is resoundingly false when compared with the New Testament. God says this about the goodness of people in Romans 3 from verse 10 to 12. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Romans 3, 23 and 24 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. 
And the gospel warns that those who change the gospel from how it's presented in Scripture are under God's curse. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 9, we read, As we have said before, so now I say again, If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. So, brethren, do not believe everything you hear, but test what you hear with what the Bible says. I'll give you another quick example of how the Catholic Church is contradicted by Scripture in what it teaches. The priests and nuns that serve in the Catholic Church are forbidden from marrying. The Church also teaches abstinence from certain foods as if that is pleasing to God. The Bible refers to both those practices, forbidding people from marriage and abstinence from certain foods, as practices being are practices that come from demons. They're called doctrines of demons in the New Testament. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, from verse 1 to 5, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. This text obviously contradicts the teaching and practices of the Catholic Church in both those places I mentioned, and yet they still practice and teach it anyway. God gives us the responsibility of testing what we hear. In 1 Thessalonians 5, from verse 20 to 22, we read, Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. We should not be led astray, since we have the Holy Spirit who guides us in all truth, and God's revealed word, which is the truth. If you have a question that you would like answered with Scripture, Feel free to send me a message, and I will do my best to reply based on what the Bible says. God bless you all.